Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Oh, good morning. Who knows if it's actually morning while you're listening to this, but for this gal, it is currently 5.15 a.m., And although I am very much so not a morning person, there's currently a construction zone outside my window, and I very well can't be recording a podcast introduction with a couple of jackhammers in the background. Before we get to the good stuff, I want to thank those who have donated or signed up to be a patron of Perceived Value through our Patreon account over the past week. So big ol' thanks goes to McKenna, Mimi, and Emily Last week, I once again traveled to NYC for an interview, and your support helped me pay for my lift to the bus, my bus ticket, my subway pass, and the countless cups of coffee that kept me going. Oh, and our monthly software subscription of $29.99 that makes all of this possible. If you love the podcast and you want to show it, visit ProceedValuePodcast.com and click on our support page to learn how. When starting this podcast, I assumed my greatest challenge was going to be securing guests for my first handful of episodes. And to a certain extent, I was correct. Currently, I have no problem finding willing participants, but I also have 22, now 23, episodes that potential guests can listen to to get a better understanding of what they're getting themselves into. But in the beginning before the iTunes reviews or that first episode had been published, I only had my word and the promise that it was going to be great. I don't blame anyone for having shied away from those initial emails. And for the record, I still don't. Talking about money ain't no easy task. But to me, there's nothing more exciting than a new endeavor. Starting a new band, launching your first collection, or publishing your first podcast episode, or creating a new event. And with the initial excitement comes the challenge, right? Of getting others to show up, to be at your first show, to buy your first pair of earrings, or just be interested. And for my guest today, beyond the countless emails and meetings or coordination of 65 plus events, her greatest task right now is getting us to show up. I say us because I'm referring to the creative community, especially those with a particular interest in jewelry, but also anyone with an affinity for the arts, beautifully crafted objects, or maybe you're not very artistic, but you just have a healthy curiosity. Bella Naiman is one half of the duo who has taken on the task of founding New York City's inaugural Jewelry Week. And there's been a lot of questions. What is New York City Jewelry Week? What will it be like? 
Um, who's going to be there and why should I go? You know, New York's expensive and why should I invest in this experience? So I wanted to go directly to the source to get some answers from one of the women working tirelessly to make it happen. There's a lot of opinions in this episode. I'm obviously a big proponent of New York City Jewelry Week and, well, all other contemporary jewelry weeks and gatherings. But you should form your own opinion, as with anything. And to do that, you kind of have to show up. So please welcome today's guest, independent curator, journalist, and co-founder of NYCJW, Bella Naiman. Hello. You're a little, you're sideways into the mic. I'm oh, lining you up, girl. I got sorry, you. Sorry. No, no, you're right there. You're perfect right I where you are. I would like to say that I do this all the time, but <laughs> actually. Is this your first time, is this your first podcasting experience? This, yes. Yes. <laughs> is this your first um, like recorded interview experience? I think so. Well, because you talk, you do I things. do, I do things. Um, yes, but I don't, and I think actually I've had, so in Munich, AJF recorded that, it was, actually it wasn't, forget, it wasn't recorded, it was live when we did that panel on writing. Oh yeah, I was there. Yes, you were, and it was live, but again, as I said, I mean, once I'm done with something, it's, it's done. Like, I didn't, I. You didn't watch it? No. I didn't watch the live feed from New York City Jewelry Week last week. I was like, oh. Some people sent me some DMs like, hey, saw the footage. That's amazing. I was like, thanks, girl. Like, there's a reason why I do a podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, no, well, actually, so I checked in last week because I thought it was super cool. Yeah, That this was was happening. Um, I think it's, are you you taping? Yeah, I'm getting your level straight. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Yeah, so part of this week sometimes I've caught myself being like, oh, wow, I'm a part of this. Like, what? There's a live feed and like I had something to do with it. You Even organized if it? I'm like, what? <laughs> so so I, I don't want and I don't want to miss out on these experiences. Of like, yeah, because you're like, too busy to actually too, take yeah, joy into it. Exactly. Because yeah. we're, we're just like, we got to get the website up. You know, we got to fact check this. We got to like, you know. Yeah. So but I did. I checked in. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. That's so exciting. you are awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I talk with my hands a lot, I feel like. That's, so I do too. But. Probably gives a lot of people <laughs> something to watch. Um, you guys, I'm in Brooklyn. What is the name of your neighborhood? Sheep's Head Bay. Sheep's Head Bay. Uh, I'm here with Bella. Okay, here we go, guys, for the record. Say your last name for me. Naaman. Naaman. Wow, for a moment there, I really talked myself into saying Naaman was the correct yep. way. Naaman. I think... And I, I mean, people say Nyman, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, I, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. You can't screw up brown, and if you do, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> brown? I don't know. But wait, say it again. Bella Nayman. Nayman. Yep. I'm on it. <laughs> uh, for you listening, guys, it's N-E-Y-M-A-N. Nayman. It's recorded. Um, and I got here, and Bella treated me to a very traditional Russian cuisine, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What were they? Just like little pierogies? So, yeah, so in Polish, for Polish cuisine, it's pierogies. In Russian, okay. we call them uh, pilmieni, or dumplings. Are you Russian? I am. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I was born in Russia, but I moved here when I was seven, and I've lived in Brooklyn ever since. Oh. 
So oftentimes people, when I tell them I'm Russian, they're like, oh yeah, I hear an accent. I'm like, no, no, that's Brooklyn. That is not <laughs> Russia. That is hardcore Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, I, I'm a New Yorker through and through and and Brooklyn is, you know, so whenever I hear it's like Brooklyn getting really popular and, be, you know, I'm just always like, really? What? Huh? Yeah. And especially now where I live, like this is kind of like... The South Brooklyn is not cool. I've <laughs> never been here before, yeah. and I looked on the map, and I was like, okay, girl, yeah. it's not going to take you 30 minutes, you thought. But it's cool. I got yeah. off the train, and I felt like I was not even in New York still. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, for the record, I should say that it's South, I, you know, I do want to give South credit Brooklyn because I am a few stops away from Coney Island, and everyone knows Coney Island. Never been. So, what? I know well, I'm from Iowa. I <laughs> Not that shocking. <laughs> well, next time or next summer, yeah, we're gonna have to do this all over again mm -hmm. and go to the beach. I would love that. Okay, awesome. Through and through. <laughs> um, so we had this lovely lunch, and we're in your apartment. Thank you for having me come here. It was a pretty great experience. Thank you for so schlepping far. out here. <laughs> I know when you said schlep, and I was like, God, I love that word. <laughs> Never remember to use it. Yeah. Um. So the point of this conversation today is. You have taken on a grand task, yes, <laughs> with your cohort, um, JB Jones, yes, um, starting founding the New York City Jewelry Week, mm -hmm. and the the inaugural year is upon us. Don't remind me. Not to stress you out, okay, but no, mm, we won't talk dates <laughs> too much. But it's like you know, November twelfth or the eighteenth. Yeah, yeah what? there we go. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it's coming up, yeah. and so yeah with anything when it's the first time, right? You're gonna get the people that are like, what is it, what's happening? Um, a lot of people are like a little confused mm -hmm. as to what it's gonna be like. Everybody always wants to compare it to something that they know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really wanted to get you behind the mic and just give insight as to what this is gonna be. Mm -hmm. Because you guys are doing your best to communicate that um, you have a lot on your plate and so getting the message out of like what it actually is going to be is a daunting task um but also there's an element of it like i'm assuming that you kind of don't know everything and what to expect yeah which is um, exciting it's super exciting um i think the best things are always a surprise <laughs> that being said we are working very hard to make sure there are no surprises <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i mean for us jewelry week it's a celebration of jewelry mm -hmm. and this is the first ever jewelry week in new york um you know there are certainly precedent you know in europe yeah for other jewelry weeks of course you know munich and schmuck being you know the most famous um, but you know there's also Paris and there's also um, Barcelona and Athens and you know for us um, we wanted to take you know certainly we're aware of what those weeks are presenting mm -hmm. but this is New York and yeah. we're gonna do it our way um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I appreciate that and so and also because those other weeks focused on contemporary jewelry mm-hmm and for New York, contemporary jewelry is, it's a new thing, you know? I mean, yeah. um, there are there is awareness, but really not what it should be. And also there is a lot, I mean, you know, we've been, through our research, you know, we found that 
you know, jewelry in New York City, it's a $30 billion industry. And we have, you know, our friends, our colleagues who are curators, educators, jewelers. We really wanted to do something that we felt would support the industry and support them, um, whether they are, you know, no matter what spectrum of the jewelry world they may find themselves in. Because we keep having really the same conversations with everyone, as I said, whether they are an educator or a curator um, or a jeweler. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do an event that was a celebration, that was all-inclusive, but that would be also an opportunity for people in New York to explore everything that New York had to offer because hey guys, it's New York and there's <laughs> so much here. And, so and much, yeah. I am a New York snob and I will be the first to tell you this is the greatest city in the world. But really, yeah. in planning this week, what we have learned and what we've experienced is that there are a lot of opportunities to see jewelry here, whether it is you know in a museum or um, in a boutique or you know on someone's workbench or at a maker space i mean there's so many opportunities to connect with it mm-hmm. and we wanted people who live here to be able to know what those opportunities are so yeah we've kind of i mean it, this is i would not you know my partner in crime jb jones has completely killed it we've been you know by the time jewelry week opens we've been working on it for about a year so mm-hmm. um yeah it's 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 incredible i mean it'll be incredible and I, I i hope that you know if you can come i hope you you do you make it out and something for me too is like no offense to the contemporary jewelry world but that community is not that big yeah it's not and yeah. it's also a very specialized small niche yeah and I don't know that many people actually making their living off of making contemporary jewelry. And so for me, when you said New York City Jewelry Week, the thing I immediately thought of is like, people here can't afford just to make objects that are gonna be exhibited and then sit in a box and hope like a collector come along or a museum. Like people here are hustling. Mm -hmm. And if they're jewelers, you know, a lot of times they are dabbling in commercial and Mm -hmm. all the different facets because they gotta they gotta eat they gotta Mm -hmm. run their business and um the thing that i think excites me about it is the crossover Mm -hmm. that we're gonna get yeah and bringing that in because obviously i think a lot about finances and i have Mm -hmm. a hard time making contemporary jewelry because is it just gonna sit in a box am Mm -hmm. i ever gonna be able to sell this Mm -hmm. so for me to see you guys bringing all these groups together i'm just like that is awesome Yeah, and you know, for us, and thank you so much for saying that, because for me, as someone who, you know, focused on contemporary jewelry. Oh, you're a huge champion of contemporary um, jewelry. Yeah, but it was for me, you know, immediately I kind of felt like, oh my God, the contemporary jewelry community is going to hate me because here I am, like, just doing this. Are you selling out, girl? Exactly. Like, it's (laughs) not just for contemporary jewelry. And we did, like, you know, we got some pushback and we had people tell us like I, I have emails I've kept them uh, people <laughs> she kept us, the emails people <laughs> people telling me you know um, I don't understand this you know and you know if if you're bringing in all of these other facets of the jewelry world you know contemporary jewelry is going to get lost but I actually think that that's not the case I think that mm-hmm. by I believe in community mm-hmm. and I believe that by 
bringing the the jewelry world together and focusing on all of these different you know facets and no pun intended i've come to say facets quite a bit um (laughs) but by bringing all these different industries together i think we can actually learn from one another and i think we can benefit and i think it's actually a better way to get the contemporary jewelry out there yeah um because we're not hiding it, you know? It, it's not yeah. like this little known thing. Because you know what, here's the thing. Even in Munich, for the contemporary jewelry world, Munich Jewelry Week is like the biggest thing, right? Like, oh, yeah. it's a pilgrimage. But for people who actually live in Munich, they have no idea it's happening. I mean, I've had yeah. so many conversations with people who were like, oh, like, why are you here? You know, whether it was in a restaurant, on an airplane, or even people in the design world yeah. who live in Munich, and I would, tell them and they were like what like this is happening and I'm like yeah dude hundred shows like here's a map take a look people don't know they don't know and for us we didn't want it to be that you know we really want this to become an annual cultural event in the city we want people to look forward to this yeah and so therefore we we a we had to give them something that they are familiar with to perhaps attract them absolutely but also, we're hoping that they do find their way to a contemporary jewelry show. And then for us, that model of you know the independent contemporary jewelry shows that you do see in the other jewelry weeks, that was present in New York. And so we worked really hard to make sure that um, you know these exhibitions had a space here. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I mean, it was almost like it's a must. Because yeah. obviously that's that's where I'm coming from. Um, JB I, is very much also interested in fine jewelry, so you know we wanted to make sure that this was uh, rewarding and fulfilling and for so, both of for you. both of us. Yeah, you know I kind of think of it because the music industry and before I got obsessed with jewelry, I was obsessed with music. But I think about it, it's like things even like Coachella. You guys, this is a stretch, but I'm just <laughs> trying to like give some perspective even something like Coachella will have an indie stage right right yeah and if you think about it the indie stage with these bands that are like really big in some places ain't nothing at Coachella next to Beyonce but they're there and then they get exposure and whatever right not saying that contemporary jewelry is that much of an underground but our community is tiny right and that is how I kind of see it it's like you're bringing them all together and you're giving exposure right and a crossover yeah and absolutely and also when I started to think about um you know the way people collect and I know many collectors who while they are you know really leading the charge and purchasing contemporary jewelry and wearing it and loving it but they're also, they have fine jewelry and yeah. they have, you know, ethnic jewelry and they have jewelry that they bought, you know, on the street in the, during their travels. And they have, you know, super commercial things that were gifted to them. I mean, yeah. because in the end, jewelry is, it's jewelry. Right? It's the most, we, we're all wearing it, right? I mean, that's yeah. the one thing JB and I have been saying is that everyone what you look around and everyone is wearing jewelry mm-hmm. it is the most personal but also the most public of art forms i think and so we thought you know it would make a much more interesting conversation to bring it all together and when we just to kind of backtrack um when we started jewelry week we had conversations with people who we felt were leaders in the field and we 
we met with them um, individually and we said, this is what we're thinking of doing. What do you think? And the response was overwhelming. And we also said, and it's going to be all jewelry. And immediately, other than those emails that I received, everyone (laughs) else said, yes, like it should be all jewelry because yeah yeah why not of course yeah so we feel really good about it Mm -hmm. and um i think it's going to be a really exciting eye-opening experience really i do we i mean you guys we just jumped right into it because i mean (laughs) getting you behind the mic it's like i just want to you know give people an idea of what's happening but we have so many things we have to talk about first of all you're talking about the other queen of nyc jewelry week jb jones Jones, yes hey girl big shout out to Um, her i I had dinner with these two. You guys are great. You guys are like um, an old married couple almost. We like are. Eating off each other's plates, figuring out what to order together. It was very... So how do you know her? Like, Okay. Yeah. So first of all, I have to say that other than my husband, she is the <laughs> last person I speak to before going to bed and the first person I speak to when I wake up. That is amazing. So that's just where we're at. Um, I know her through friends. We were friends mm-hmm. before. Um, we were friends before we became colleagues, which yeah. I think is great. I think it's a great way to build a partnership. But most importantly, um, we curated a show together, oh. um, which was called Placement, and it was at the Gallery of Reinstein Ross. And JB's background is. Um, she's a retail and marketing uh, guru. Her focus was fashion, but she lived in LA. She was running a uh, street art gallery and. I'm a huge fan of street art. Yeah. Um, and so I had this idea to curate an exhibition which would bring together street artists and contemporary jewelers. And I, I felt like both fields were a bit kind of like um, un, unrecognized, you know, like where they, yeah. Um, well, although, more, yeah. Street art's like hugely underground it's in huge, a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah. Even though now like it's taken off and like I mean there are people like Shepherd Shepherd Fairy who are like yeah, com- now you everybody's know. Yeah, in, yeah. Exactly. But you know, I really thought wouldn't it be wonderful to again, because I, f- I felt like street art is also I mean it's in a it's a very public art form and yeah. once the work is on the streets, it's like out there. And that same thing with contemporary jewelry, you know, it's such yeah. a it's a very public um, art form. Um, because the conversations that you can have when you see it, you know, a piece on the body and yeah. when you see a piece on, on the wall. Yeah. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have this collaboration? But I really needed someone who had a strong background in street art and she was the woman. That's awesome. So we did the show together and we it was it was a great experience. It was a, yeah. I felt the show was very successful. Um, I think we knew from that point on, like, okay, we have to find more ways to collaborate yeah and then we ended up working together at reinstein ross which was great um because I that, s- that's where placement was right yeah, exactly because i remember that show that's yes. the first show that introduced me to who you were and what reinstein ross was yeah 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 so um right yeah so that show was at the gallery reinstein ross and so jb then and i were working there together and we were kind of like, okay, we have to find a project that's just going to be us. And we had some ideas. We didn't know mm-hmm. what that was going to be. We didn't know if it was, you know, maybe a brick and mortar space or maybe an online place. And we, and then like we, but constantly just like talking about it and talking about it. And then last year I 
in one year, like I ended up going to three different jewelry weeks and um, I went to Paris for the Parcours de Bijou. I went to Hoya and Schmuck, but really it was after Hoya and, and, and actually, no, it was in Paris. I remember where I was. I was in Paris and I was walking around and I was having a conversation with a friend who lived there and explaining to her what I was doing and like what jewelry week was. And yeah, and it like just, I was like, wait a minute. Hola, why am I not doing this in New York? So literally I called up JB and I was like, we got to do this. And from the minute she just, we we had the ground running. She's she, been. Yes. I yeah. wanted to know the like the exact moment. Yeah. That was it was like, bing. Yeah. On the streets of Paris. Okay, I Bella. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. Right. It's it's a hard life. Yeah. Living um, your life. But 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 no. But really, because I thought, you know, I keep traveling for these things. Yeah. Same. And, but I want to see things happening at home, and for both for JB and I it was really important because we felt like there's a lot of really exciting things happening in America, and. Again, you know, we have a lot of friends who are making a living doing this or, you know, hustling to make a living doing yeah. this. We want to do something for them. We want to give them a platform, yeah. you know, to curate shows or to find a place to sell their work or to hold a lecture, whatever the case may be. But we wanted to do this, you know, as I said, in America and in New York, that's our where we're backyard. At. Yeah. But that's how it happened. So you both, okay, so you're both doing this. You, well, first of all, I usually start out, we just kind of jumped in because I got really excited. Because um, <laughs> we're old pals. Yeah. <laughs> but I also want to like kind of focus on who you are too to get people right. insight is like, who is this person that's doing this? Because you don't actually make jewelry, but you're no. a huge advocate for contemporary yeah. jewelry. And I, um, when I first, you know, I think, placement like I said mm-hmm. that's the first time I kind of learned about who you were and then I did go to your show the box mm-hmm. in Munich mm-hmm. but you're talking to somebody and I it was the first time being at a contemporary jewelry gathering mm-hmm. and I was too nervous to even introduce myself so I scattered <laughs> even though I, I went there to so funny, okay. I went there to introduce myself to you and I didn't have the guts to do it it's crazy okay yeah and then I just <laughs> left it's really overwhelming when you go to something yes. like of that magnitude yes for the for first sure. time. No, I agree. And that's why I said in Jonathan's interview, and I'll say it again, <laughs> if it's your first jewelry week and you don't know anybody, reach out to me. I'm your girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be around. Because it can be overwhelming. It could be totally overwhelming. Um, yeah. But, okay, so Bella, mm-hmm. born and raised in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, you said your parents live close to where we're at. Is that like, is this the neighborhood you grew up in? So I, so... Yeah, so I was, as I said, I moved to the U.S. when I was seven. We settled in a different neighborhood in Brooklyn um, called Bensonhurst, um, also South Brooklyn. And then I moved to this neighborhood, I don't know, 15 years ago. And oh, my wow. parents are very close, which is wonderful. I mean, wonderful because I have, I have a child, so it's great for childcare. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I, it's, I, I think I'll probably be here. Well, not here, but yeah. in New York. I can't imagine being oh anywhere God, You're else. through and through New York, because I was looking yeah. at your resumes. Okay, undergrad was Parsons? So my undergrad was at Baruch. What is that? So, yeah, so it's a CUNY. <laughs> it's a CUNY. It's a city university. Okay. And my bachelor's was in arts administration. So 
essentially the way this happened was and how I ended up in the art world to begin with, I guess, is so I'm very I am very close with my, my family. Mm-hmm. And my parents, when we first moved to the US, I you know, my parents didn't have money to like hire babysitters. So yeah. my parents both very interested in the arts. Um my mother was a librarian at a museum. My father always collected he still does um not you know um antique books and uh posters rare posters he has a focus but we don't have to go into it Mm -hmm. um but they always took me with them everywhere and so as a child I grew up and I think this is also why I love New York so much is as a child I grew up going with my parents to a lot of different art events and so when I got to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I took an, and I never really considered art a, a career in the arts, but I got to college and they Baruch and therefore I went to a CUNY because I didn't want to have like crazy loans, not knowing. Oh, did you pay for school yourself? Or? So because it was a CUNY, it's super reasonable. What the hell is a CUNY? It's a city, uni- so city university of New York. And so oh. if you, if you are New York, resident in New York State resident right exactly so SUNY is a state university and CUNY is a city university and so it it is tuition I don't know what it is these days but it is I mean it's affordable you know I mean you can of course choose to take out a loan but I mean in the end you know it I, I don't remember what I went what I paid when we went but when I went but it was like I don't know maybe five or six thousand dollars like a semester or something so Not I mean it was it's, it's affordable for what yeah. it is um so anyway so I didn't want to go to a super expensive college not knowing what I wanted to do but I got to Baruch and it was in the city so I can live at home right like save money yeah and I took an art class it was like a basic survey 101 and like it, like love like it blew my mind like it was one of those moments where I was like this is what I'm doing like yeah. no question like I love it and I remember having a conversation with my my parents who on one hand were like not surprised but on the <laughs> other hand were like we're gonna be real and we're gonna tell you it's not gonna be easy and you're not gonna be like like how you're you gonna not gonna be living? yeah like how, you're not gonna be making like a lot of money like, you know what I mean like are you yeah. sure you don't want to consider something more practical and I was like yeah no <laughs> yeah okay and so, like yeah no not interested and God bless them. And they've been supportive from like day one. And I wouldn't, literally wouldn't be able to do this without their support. So anyway, so I majored in arts administration. Um, They were, uh, Baruch at that point was the only undergraduate uh, program that had arts administration, which essentially is, you know, the business of running an art organization, which so was kind of like the bo- political science of it was kind, kind of, of like art world. it was <laughs> my 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 degree was both it was both parts art history and like marketing and business, which okay. was great. That's great. And so, so it was practical. It was like the practical side of you know, I the like art that. Um, and so when I graduated, I worked for um, for an art advisor. And we worked with um, corporate collections, and I what did does that. Art advisor, do she? She worked f- with a lot of major corporations and helped them build their art collections. Which what? some of them would purchase art as an investment. Some of them would purchase posters just to decorate the offices. And so, so we had yeah. a lot of really, um, you know, a lot of large corporations that we work with throughout the city, mm-hmm. and it was great. And so I did that for a year, but I. Again, you know, being in New York, 
going to all the different shows, realized right away that I was much more interested in design and decorative arts than Mm -hmm. I was in the fine arts. And so, and I knew like, okay, what's next? So I I decided to get a master's degree. I went to the Cooper Hewitt, which is the National Design Museum, and they have a joint master's program with Parsons. I was like, I thought, okay, yeah, good. I was like, Cooper, it's a museum? Yeah, so the Cooper Hewitt, so there are two master's programs in New York that focus on decorative arts and design. One is the Cooper Hewitt, one is Bard. And I went to the Cooper Hewitt because... I love the idea of going to school in a museum. Okay, and wait, let's rewind. You're in New York City. Yeah. The whole time you're going to school, are you living at home with your parents? Yeah, so I lived at home. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I lived, hey, it's an expensive city. Yeah, no, I'm like, how do you do this? Well, because I lived at home. I had a lot of internships. Some of them paid, some of them didn't pay. I got scholarships for certain things. But I'm very fortunate that because I lived at home, I yeah. really was able to focus on my career. Yeah, you know, I didn't have to I didn't have to have any side. You gigs. didn't have to have a bartending no, gig after no, class. You no. could actually take on those unpaid yeah, internships. Exactly. And I did that yeah. and I had wonderful internships and same thing during my master's program. I mean, I had an internship um at Sotheby's. I had an internship at the Noi yeah, Gallery I saw that, that led one. to a job. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I lived at home, but it, as I said, it really allowed me to focus on my career and and build up my resume. And where do you find these internships? Were those kind of facilitated through your education? Um, no, I mean, I, most, I, so like the Noi Gallery, for example, you know, I wrote a paper on, you know, like Joseph Hoffman, fell in love with the museum, I approached them and I okay. said, look, I'd really love to do an internship here. And so then I, you know, they were like, great. Sotheby's, my master's program had a good relationship with them. Okay. But at the same time, you know, it was sort of by choice that I said, you know, like I, because again, thinking of, okay, how am I going to make money? And I thought, oh, well, if I work at an auction house, then like, you because make this money. Is, this <laughs> is right. Cause it's like, it's the commercial sector. So I can make yeah. money. So, you know, I was, it, I was very deliberate in my choices. I like how you were trying different yeah. facets of ways you exactly. could go. Yeah. And that was the other thing. Like, that was important. Like, okay, let me explore what the city has to offer because, mm-hmm. like, if I'm doing this and I'm doing it in New York, then let me figure out, like, what's going to be the next step. So I was very, very deliberate about that. And yeah. and again, because I, you know, I lived at home, I kind of could focus on, you know, I had it a lot easier, I guess, in that sense. Well, that so, Cooper Parsons. Yeah. That sounds expensive. How'd you be? <laughs> Yeah, that it was. Um, I took out a loan. Oh, you did. So for the masters, yeah. So for my masters program, I did take out a loan, and you know, and it's sad. Be- I mean, it's sad to take out loans, but it's also sad because, quite honestly, at the end of the day, most of the people who I went to graduate school didn't find jobs because, yeah, and they had to, you know, move back home or just do something totally different because the market just can't support it you know yeah and even though it's only two master's programs but you know if you have like i don't know let's say 60 graduates even though we have all these institutions in new york it's still i mean people still flooded it's still flooded it's hard it's really hard to get a job and so um so i was very fortunate i was incredibly fortunate because also while in graduate school i ta'd for nice. someone um, who taught history of design at Parsons, and I TA'd for her. And I 
when I graduated, I had a really, I had a good relationship with her. When I graduated, she said to me, my friends have a gallery in New York and they're looking for someone and it's a decorative arts gallery. They're looking for someone to come and help them. Would you be willing to speak with them? And I was like, hell yeah, like what? Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I did and I got the job. So I was really, again, very fortunate that I got a job straight out of graduate school. Well, yeah, fortunate. I mean, but also it's like you are hustling. Yes. You are doing all these jobs. And it's I like, was. You always need to, it's just, I don't understand how people think that you're like, if you just keep applying, it's like, no, you actually have to meet a pe- meet yeah. people. It's about the connections, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I say that I'm fortunate because, you know, I, you know, things can sort of take any yeah, turn, right? Totally. But yeah, I mean, I met this woman because as I was wor- studying full time and I, yeah. you know, I, I was also working and helping her, as I said, TA this class and hence and what? you could have screwed it up. I could have. You yeah, could have been sure. a shitty and TA also, or something. Yeah, but for sure. And yeah. I, and at the same time, I mean, I was I made sure that if I had an opportunity to do an internship, I do. And I have to say that actually now, not to bring up Jewelry Week again, but yeah. quite honestly, everything I did and all of those connections and all of those internships, which you you're like, oh, whatever, it's done, it's in the past. I cannot tell you how many of those contacts have yeah. been incredibly supportive now when I'm like needing a space and I'm like, oh, this design gout. So <laughs> I thought that when I was reading over and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot clicked. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm a believer that it's so important to build relationships yeah. um, with your colleagues, with your um, employers, because again community you right? just never it's know it's community yeah. yeah and you know and even now like with again jewelry week but even now like someone who was my boss is now like is now making jewelry and she's like participating in jewelry you know what I mean it's like yeah. you never know because life is like that mm-hmm. it's like that so yes absolutely I say I'm fortunate but I did work my ass off um, yeah. but that being said so I got a job working at this gallery they specialize in decorative arts, exactly what I studied in school, but they also had jewelry like this. It was called Primavera Gallery. They're still around there in Chelsea. And Primavera has, I would say, like the best, you know, early to mid 20th century fine signed, you know, pieces. So it's, wow. it's and they're a major lender to various museum exhibitions and it was really there because I never took a jewelry class when I was in my master's program it actually I think they offered one but it wasn't even like you know it wasn't even like something I considered and also ironically then now people who are major players in the jewelry world in New York graduated Mm -hmm. from that master's program with me and it's funny because we talk about it all the time we didn't have a jewelry like we it wasn't it would have been like the history of jewelry what not like actually yeah no no it would have been the history of jewelry and it wasn't offered every semester it was like if they found an adjunct who like felt like teaching it you know and because it's a master's program and you really only have like two years so it's yeah it's four semesters so you may not even be there when it's offered so it wasn't like you know yeah. But yeah, I mean, a bunch of us, we graduated from that master's program. And so it's kind of, it's interesting that we're, you know, deal, we're in jewelry now. But anyway, so that's really was at the gallery. At where, Primavera is at where Primavera, you kind of fell yeah, in love with the dormant. Fell in love with it, exactly. And where I looked at, I mean, I started to look at jewelry as an art form. Yeah. And there, you know, the owner was really interested. We talked a lot about jewelry and people came to see her 
because mm-hmm. she was so knowledgeable. And one of the people that came um, was Janine Felino and Elise, Elise Carlin. And Janine is a terrific curator. Um, and Elise, um, she is the president of a jewelry organization called, called Azra. And she um, she said to me, look, I'm curating the show at the Forbes Gallery here. Do you want to come and write about it? And so, and maybe some people, I mean, if they heard me speak at Snack, they kind yeah. of heard me talk about this. But while I was at the gallery, again, like I'm always thinking about like the next step. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a workaholic. Like I'm never just like, I, you're never like, I'm never resting like resting on your no. laurels. So like, well, I'm also just, I'm like, okay, what's next? I got to do something. I, I can sit still. So I started, I wanted to write and I was like, okay, well, who's going to publish my work? This was also, what I mean, year is this, by the so way? So that's what I was going to say. It. So this is after, <laughs> so I graduated. I'm actually going to, trying to remember I, when I graduated. She has cheat sheet of I numbers do, and I dates. Do, I love her. I like, I, as you find so this, I'm going to pour myself some more rosé. Yes, please. So I, so I graduated, I graduated from my master's program in 08. Oh, wow. 10 years ago. Shit. So, um, yeah, so 10, uh, in 08 and of course, so it's like, you know, the financial crisis. Oh, yeah. That's and a fun time to graduate. It was a fun time to graduate. And we, you know, the galleries, business was slow. And yeah. I was like, okay, like, and... Were you full-time? I'm sorry. I was full-time. So could you make a... Did you have a living wage off of that gallery job? Yes, I did. Are you still living at home at this time? Um, I was, yes, but for only a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, you've graduated, you've got I had a graduated. job now. You I had, can save yeah, for your I, first exactly, place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just got a yeah because I had I got that job and, but it was slow and I wanted to. I was like, okay, so what am I doing next? And the a lot of you know magazines were folding, people were getting laid off, and so I was like, well, why is someone going to hire me to write when like right now like there's so many talented writers who are freelancing, journalists, you know, who yeah. are freelancing. Like, who's going to give me a break? So. I started a blog because that's what you kind of did back then, right? Like where blogs were just starting. I started a blog and I thought I'm out in the world. Like I go to see shows all the time. I'm just going to start writing about them and like build up my own CV. Yes. So I did it. So I. Is that the one you still have? Yeah. Objects, not paintings. Yeah. And that's where, and that's also where that title comes from because I was looking at objects, you know, I, my, my degree was in, you know, decorative art history. Dang, that blog is so old. It's super old. Congrats SEO, on keeping that up. Yeah, SEO too. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm thinking about like people being, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Like making sure that thing has history. <laughs> um, but anyway, so hence when Elise came into the gallery, Elise Carlin, who I mentioned, came into the gallery and she said, you know, I'm curating the show. Do you want to come and write about it? And I was like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. for sure. And again, like, she didn't have to, you know, she didn't. But this was, uh exhibition of contemporary jewelry and like all of us like how do we get this out into the world and you know why not let's have this writer come write about it yeah and actually i have to say that you know that blog did lead to actual like print publications you know and i was well, able you're to showing people you yeah, can do it you can do it exactly yeah. but most but most importantly what that also did was i met a lot of people mm-hmm. and i the you know i I, so the exhibition was um, jewelers from um, Hudson Valley. So I went to the show and I reviewed it. And obviously, you know, we're right here. So like yeah. she had incredible people in that show, I think. So Sergey Shivatin and Jennifer Trask and um, Myra oh. Mimlishitz Gray and Whoa. Jamie Bennett. I mean, it was a killer show on Arthur Hatt. I mean, it was like, 
and now I'm like oh my god like <laughs> wow you know because back yeah. then like again like I mean these names didn't mean, mean as much yeah. to me right they right but anyway point is I saw the show I wrote about it and Jennifer Trask reached out to me and she invited me to go visit her and see her studio and I remember just being like what like what is this amazing work like I was blown away by what I saw mm-hmm and I have and like that like I was just like how do I how do I learn more like how do I get how do I expose myself to this work and so Mm -hmm. and like and that's kind of what started it and then um you know I found out about HAF and I mean I you know chronologically I don't remember like when I you know I think I remember what year I went with HAF to Munich but I you know but anyway but oh guys AJF is Art Jewelry Forum, oh, in case yes. you guys are sorry. wondering. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so I found out about AJF Art Jewelry Forum, and I went with them to Munich, and which was an incredible you went experience. With them I went with them. Yeah. So, so our jewelry forum does these amazing trips. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I've seen those. Yeah, they do these great trips um, every year. They do one trip that is to Europe, and one trip that is, or I should say, one trip that's international, one trip that's domestic, and it's it's like the most amazing. I don't want to say intense, but it's like a crash course, you know, because well, you get and anybody to visit, can do it, right? Anybody can. Well, yeah. So you have to be, yeah, you have to be a member of AJF. Okay. And then, yeah, you can sign up for a trip. And what's wonderful is that, you know, you get to go to museums and you get to go to artist studios and you get to learn and see this work, you know, and you get, you get to learn about it from the people who are making it, right? And yeah. it's such exposure. And so I went with them to Munich for Munich Jewelry Week. And I remember just thinking like, oh my God, I found my tribe. Like these people, yeah. it was such an incredible experience. And I, and you know, um, and that's why I say like, it's, I really believe in community because, you know, Susan Cummins was really kind of like, so let's talk like, you know, what are you interested in? And I, I was really, it was great. You yeah, know, it was great. And this whole time, you're still working at Primavera. Yeah, well, and yeah. You're so pursuing I was, all this stuff on yeah, the outside exactly. of that. Yeah, so I was working yeah. at Primavera. I was pursuing all of these. So I kept writing. And um, were you getting paid to do any of this writing? Yeah, I was. So for the most part, and this is still the case, um, you know, most publications pay, yeah. some don't. Um, I also started, you know, when I, I started writing for Modern Magazine, which is a great design publication, and they paid, and I wrote for Art Jewelry Forum. Did they approach Forum. you? No. So I... Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. sorry. Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. So I would pitch. I would pitch shows. So once I oh. thought, okay, I have... Uh, shows, excuse me, uh, articles. Once I had enough kind of on my blog, and once I felt like I have enough to be taken seriously yeah i and again you know the design world is also small and 10 years ago was even way smaller than it is today right so i you know had all these ideas about things i wanted to write about and i pitched them i would email the editor and sometimes i knew these people and sometimes i didn't yeah and um and I would say, hey, like, this is what I'm interested in. This is where I'm working. Just also to kind of give myself a little bit more credibility, you know. Um, yeah. Here's some samples of articles that I've written, which was also wonderful. Again, like having the blog because I can send them samples. And yeah, they were 
they were they took a chance and i yeah. i think that is so important really you know to give someone an opportunity and so um i was paid for the articles there were some things i did that, that where i wasn't paid but i also well it, how do you start that conversation because you guys i was asking bella off air earlier because yeah. <laughs> i've been approached a few times now um yeah. nothing i'm going to disclose yet not because i don't want to talk about it <laughs> but you don't you know count your chickens for your eggs or hashed or whatever yeah um but yeah that conversation because i know how to price jewelry uh, kind right. of kind but of, i yeah. am so out of my realm here and yeah. i don't even know like do they bring it up if they're asking you to write they obviously sh- do they they should assume that they're going to pay you. Yeah. But I, I'm like, Ugh. So here's the thing. I'm going to say one thing. Yeah. Give me some advice, this Bella. This is, Help. well, what I'm about to say, I'm not sure if it's, it's really advice <laughs> or more like I need to have my head examined. It's like, this is a labor of love. Yeah. Right. So I, everything that I've done and do, it is a tremendous labor of love. And I always look at the bigger picture. Yeah. So not because I don't think that what I'm doing doesn't have value, not because I don't think it's, you know, I shouldn't be paid for it. It's because sometimes I think to myself, I never know what's going to come of this. So perhaps if I do this and I don't get paid down the road, there will be other rewards that may not necessarily be financial. And so I'm 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 a firm believer of that. Um, that being said, for the most part, you know, as I said, Modern Magazine paid, yeah. our jewelry forum pays, um, and everyone is also very, re- you know, they're respectful. They understand this is hard work, you know, yeah. um, even a 200 word essay. I mean, the, you know, you have to you, the research that goes into it, the yeah. editing that goes into it. I mean, it's not, it's not easy. And how right? do you like quantify that? So like it's hard. It's, I would just essentially... I would take what I could get, you know? So it's like the magazine. they typically pay by word? So it's been both. So I would say that, and this holds true, I mean, because I don't remember what I was getting paid like 10 years ago for a certain article. Things have also changed. I mean, for example, I've been writing for Modern Magazine for that long. Oh, you're still writing for them? Yeah, I just had a... Oh, that's side hustle, um, girl. No, no, I just, uh, yeah, I'm still writing for them. I mean, I don't write regularly. Yeah, but um, you're still there. But I'm still, yeah, I still, I, I still write for them. I, but I would say that, Anywhere from three hundred to eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, you talk with your hands a lot, and you. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. She taps the table, and I was like, sorry. "Girl, I gave her this look, and she's like, what did I do wrong?'" I'm like, "You're tapping the table." I, I talk with it's my hands. Noise. Yeah, keep going. That's the I Brooklyn totally in me. threw you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, so I would say anywhere from three to eight hundred dollars for art for the article okay and usually it depends on the publication it depends on you know the length of the essay um and i've never i i just as i said like this is what they this is what you pay they it's pay and, this is, and i take it and it's different right yeah. but that's i would say and i've had been also very fortunate where i've written for some online publications where like maybe they would pay you know per like dollar per word or like then it was like maybe sometimes Ooh, like lot, 50 cents per word yeah. yeah so then you're like oh my god i'm this is amazing you know how do i keep yeah. this gig going but i would say on average from like three to eight hundred dollars is kind of per article is what i've been paid for and when do you get paid 
because they're so, gonna pay it first yeah so no you get paid when the piece is published so that's kind of the mm. that's why i said it's all a labor of love because sometimes you're like oh my god i'm working all the time but wait i haven't been paid yeah, yeah so you you pay when it's you i mean you get paid when it's published um but again you know it's it depends on the publication but generally speaking that's really what it is have you okay because mm, it's a hard too because it's an intellectual property that you're handing over it's not like a physical object yeah. right so you have this like delayed when it's published have you ever had issues of getting paid oh yes oh god that scares me i've yeah and and to be really really frank i mean i won't name like the publication but i mean i've I, you know, there have been publications that I've sort of stopped writing for because I, they weren't paying. And then I thought, okay, you know what? Let's just kind of give it a go. Again, it's a labor of love. Yeah. I'm just going to keep saying that. We're still here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm just like now starting to dip my toe in it. Not yeah. that I think I'm a writer or anything, but... Apparently, I have a podcast. I think people think I can also write. Yeah, for um, sure, you can. And it's exciting. <laughs> I don't enjoy writing, but at the prospect of getting paid for it, sure, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just, yeah. It's like, how do you understand your value as a writer? Um, yeah, I mean, I my advice is that if you're starting out, you know, let your your editor respect you. And, and I think that's so important, you know just to have a good editor and the editor i mean yeah. you don't find your own editor the editor you know comes with the publication actually that was a question i did have because yeah i yeah i was like do i have to have my friend look at this or who edits it for me i mean i've i've always had someone look it over yeah because you know you know what you're writing about but you want to make sure that you're writing for the general public and you want to make sure that they understand it too so yeah um but i'm a writer i'm not an editor and i think there's a very clear distinction and i think anyone who has written understands what that means because um it's and, and it's it's such a it's such a team effort because you want to make sure that you do have a good editor mm -hmm. someone who isn't just going to sort of correct the grammatic you know mistakes but someone who can say okay you know Give me something more here. Like I, yeah. I know you know what you mean, but I want to make sure you know the the readers understand what you mean. Mm -hmm. I mean, you also don't want to have an editor who's like, oh yeah, now let me make it in my voice, you know? Because no, yes. you want it to be. You want to make sure that it is still your work, and that's why I think the relationship between a writer and an editor is really important. And you have to, it's trust, and you have to work with someone. And I've been very fortunate, and I've had some great editors. Um, you know, I think, you know, Monica Moses at American Craft has been incredible. Suzanne Ramaliak at Metalsmith. Mm -hmm. And um, I've just started writing for Emily Zilber at Metalsmith, who's also incredible. I mean, so I've been, these women have been just yeah great. Um, so, yeah. I have my, my mentor, um, Sarah Lurcher, shout out. Mm -hmm. um, she's my editor for like anything I can get her to do. And when you were just saying like, they don't try to put it in your words, but try to build on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's very important. That's Sarah. That's so Sarah. It yeah. never comes out sounding like Sarah. It still sounds like me. Exactly. A little confusing, Sarah and Sarah, I know. <laughs> um, but it's better. It's it's you, but, it, and but it's you're, better and but she it's knows better. me. Exactly. So I was really scared. I worked with an editor over this summer, which I'm not going to say who it is because the article's not out yet, but she was also really amazing. Um, and I was really apprehensive about it, mm -hmm. that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And she was awesome she yeah. was like sarah 
2.0. Yeah. It yeah. sounded like me. And she just, at one moment, I got super excited. I was like, you just made that sound like what I wanted it to sound exactly. like. And exactly. that is a good editor. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so, yeah. And then I, and then it comes from experience. You know, it's yeah. like the more you do it, then the more you you know you know you you get a you get a sense for someone and you're like okay i can work with you i we we got this together so if you're starting out i would say you know don't be afraid to pitch your ideas um and um and you don't always have to do what they want you to do right no no i've always so i've always pitched my own stories um i've had things suggested to me and if it doesn't feel like something i'm interested in i won't do it Okay. You know, like if I don't feel, if I don't really feel passionate about it, I won't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say I'm the most nervous writing about living artists because I'm like, oh my God, they're going to read this. And like, if they hate it, they're going to hate me. And like, (laughs) and I, I wrote a piece about Thomas Gentile for Modern Magazine. And I was like, it was, it was an incredible experience because I got to spend a lot of time with Thomas and really understand him and his work. And, and it was I think a highlight for me absolutely but then yeah. I was so nervous like so I just sent him the article yeah prior to it being published and I was like what do you think you know like because oh. I because I wanted I wanted you know I respect him so much and I I wanted to make sure I got it right you know that I didn't and I mean and, and he he was wonderful and he said this is great like yeah. I, I've you know you're like I'm not I don't I don't need to you know yeah I'm not changing anything or anything like that but you did a good this, job. Uh, yeah, it's good. So it, that's that's a bit nerve wracking. But as I, I really, yeah, yeah, because everybody I talk to is obviously alive. Yeah, and so, <laughs> exactly. And well, then I do the introduction, you, right. and I'm always like, oh, am I like, yeah, taking an aspect of this interview and kind of like putting a spin on it to give the title and like the introduction yeah. is like, are they gonna yeah. like that? Yeah, it can be hard. Yeah. You want to respect what they're doing, and you yeah. you want to again, you're celebrating, and you want more people to know about it. So you really want to make sure it's it comes out in the best possible light. So anyway yeah. that being said so you got your blog you're writing yeah. you're pull, pushing it you're at primavera how long were you at primavera so I was for at primavera for about four years and oh, then i wow. went to, yeah so then i went to work for another gallery also a design gallery also they did not have any jewelry at all how'd you get hooked up with them so the old-fashioned way i interviewed <laughs> oh okay yeah. so you were kind of you applied for this yeah, job I and you left the primavera yeah, to go yeah, there yeah it was time yeah, I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like I've been here. Four I years kind is of, a good amount. It's of a time. good amount of time. I was ready to move on. Um, I interviewed. I got the job. I was a director of a gallery, Todd Merrill, um, also a really well-known design gallery, specializes in 20th century uh, decorative arts and also contemporary design. And so wow. that gave me an opportunity for the first time to actually be part of the contemporary design world because that seems like a big jump by the way from your first well job, yeah i mean here's the thing about titles right it's like you never I, know take it with a grain of salt right i mean essentially a director in a gallery does everything from like you know vacuuming and dusting to dealing with you know all of the you know major clients to oh, okay. working on catalogs to setting up booths for art fairs yeah. i mean most galleries do not have large teams so it's very much a team effort and everyone does everything and yeah. so you yes, you do have this really nice lofty title but it's you know 
You're the one you're, you're doing the everything. champagne at the Oh, for yeah. sure. At the opening. Yeah, you're doing everything. That. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a great way to learn the business. And it also gives you, if you love it, then you mm-hmm. it also gives you an opportunity to say, you know what? I can do this on my own because you've you've worn all these hats, you know. So it, yeah. it really kind of empowers you to be quite honest. Um, so I yeah I worked for this design gallery. I was there for about the same amount the same amount of time, but it, it gave me I was able to, you know, familiarize myself with the contemporary design world. Um, there were a lot of, you know sort of not the same players as in contemporary jewelry but at least I was closer to it oh yeah because all the time you're still just like exactly because all that time and so I was able to you know bring some you know if there were jewelers who were also working in sculpture I was able to sort of bring them with me to the gallery and um, I was able to continue writing because again it's the same audience and um, it was you know, I was able to sort of travel for, you know, if I wanted to go to Munich, it was Ooh, okay. What so fairs I, did you get to go to? I So we did, uh, I actually didn't travel for the international fairs. I did Bummer. all the New York fairs. You know, here's the thing about art fairs. It sounds super glamorous. Oh, it's but you, hard it, it's work. Hard. It's hard. And also you might as well be in like, you're in a, you're in a convention center. Like, yeah. so even if you're in like Basel, I mean, you're not, you, seeing you're not seeing Basel, you know? I cried in the bathroom at the Smithsonian Craft Show the yeah, first time I went. Exactly. I hid in a stall and yeah. cried. <laughs> that is how tired I was. Yeah. I was like, screw this. And that's kind of how it is because yeah. art fairs, it's like, it's one, it's like a performance, right? You're mm-hmm. like constantly on. You are on. Because you don't, and it's the same thing with it, right? Like, it's the yeah. same exact thing when you're um, manning your booth at a, at a fair. Yeah. Because you don't know who's going to come in and you got to be, you got to sell it. So yeah. it's hard work. And I actually, I don't, I don't miss it. It's some of the hardest work I've ever done. Yeah. And, you know, I did the shows about, I did the PMA craft show last year. And yeah. I won and done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. And if I, I would do it again, but I don't yeah. miss it, you know? Yeah. And I respect anybody that does it because yeah. it's some of the hardest work yeah, I've absolutely. ever done. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But so at this point I was, I was running, I was you know in this gallery and you know I loved it and and then I um I decided it was you know I was gonna have a baby and I went on maternity leave oh so in this time you meet your husband yes sorry yeah so in this time yeah how's so, life going so life yeah actually so at this point I was already married I met my husband while I was still at the other gallery we were like you know life was everything was good um yeah I know all of a sudden I'm like jumping to having a, a baby but yeah so I was already <laughs> <laughs> hi Matt if you listen to this um but <laughs> yeah so I um but it was really at this point where it was like a crossroads, you know, and also in my career a little bit because I was at this gallery for four years and I went on maternity leave. And this is why I was telling you earlier, like I'm a workaholic, like I do not sit still. Yeah. Um, and I had my, my, my beautiful baby girl, Simone, and I was home with her. And still, like I remember being pregnant and I was like, I am going to have the most chill pregnancy. I'm going to watch all these DVDs. And like my husband went out and like bought me this like, like pack of like 10 films that I was like dying to catch up on. And I still have not seen any of them. Oh my God. My child's four and a half. Get it. This is the point. This is the point. Like I was like, (laughs) 
my pregnancy was not chill because I was like, oh, I can like write three articles and I can do this and I can do that. And I mean, I had also look again. Yeah. I was fortunate to get pregnancy. Like, you know, life could be different. Anyway, so mom had turned to leave and Ruta Reifen, who I had met at a lecture, um, mm-hmm. was like, hey, girl, we need to do something. And I was like, mm kind of gonna have this baby soon and she's like <laughs> feeling kind of busy right now kind of busy and she she said look we really need to do something in new york for contemporary jewelry um so ruta Reifen is a jeweler graduated from RISD. Mm-hmm. um at that point i mean she's represented like gallery loop and sienna um I think that's around the time I met her. Yeah. Because she taught concentration at Penland. She, yeah. She, she was yeah. my first teacher at Penland. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, yeah, I didn't know that. For this. my fellowship. See, such mm-hmm. a small world. Yeah. Yeah. And so she said, we got to do something together. And I was like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I hear you. I, I'd love to do it. She's like, why don't we start like curating exhibitions? And I was like, sure. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that. But yeah, we're going to do it. And that's kind of how I'm always like, yes. We're yes. going to do it. Say yes to everything. Yeah. And so we did it. And so the first exhibition we curated together under Platforma was mm-hmm. at Brooklyn Metalworks. And I essentially I was on maternity leave and we were working on this exhibition. Um, my daughter was like napping next to me. Um, and it was awesome. It was cool. a great experience, and Brian Weissman and Aaron Daly at Brooklyn Metalworks, shout out to you guys, because they, they gave us, you know, this opportunity, and we had, you know, we published a catalog, and um, Jennifer Nava Milliken, um, who is now the director of the Wood Center in Philadelphia, she... Senator uh, Art and Wood. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. She, um, you know, she wrote for the catalog, and it was just such a great experience, mm. and... It was like no turning back. You're like, oh, t- first taste. Yeah, it was like no turning back. And I I returned to work. And oh, and so as I said, I was, just to backtrack a little bit, I was writing, while I was pregnant, I was writing an article. And I was writing an article about Lauren Tickle. Mm. Um, God, I love her work. I love her work. And she's also a dear friend. And I was writing an article on Lauren. And Lauren at that time was working for Reinstein Ross. Oh, yeah. And Lauren said to me, so Reinstein Ross, it's a it's a jeweler in New York. They've been here for about, you know, thirty plus years. Fine jewelry. Fine jewelry. Gold, gold yeah, high carat gold. Um, everything is made in their workshops here in New York. Beautiful, beautiful jewelry. And she said, you know, they are going to be relocating to a new space and they want to open a jewelry gallery and you should go talk to them. And I was like, Hmm. You gotta be kidding me! It's always who you know, man. I was like, huh? Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. <laughs> Holy cow! And that's and it's also like, I'm a true believer that things just happen at the right time for the right yeah. reason. And and again, like I was writing an article on her about her, and you know, like I wasn't even thinking of you know what I mean. And it just yeah, it was course. like came up in conversation, and so I went I went back to work and emailed them. Yeah. And I said, I heard this is going to be happening. I'd love to come and meet you. We met. We had several meetings. And they said, 
um, would you and Ruta like to come and curate our first exhibition? And I was like, nah, no, who am I kidding? I was like, yes, we're there. <laughs> um, maybe. So, maybe. So Ruta and I curated their first exhibition, which opened the gallery at Rhinestone Ross. What was that called? Um, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, what was that called? Um, That's okay. Wow. And this just kind of goes to show you that like my brain is... You got a lot on your mind right Completely now. Completely like... Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Sorry. It wasn't F1. No, that was no, the no, first that was one the I Brooklyn Metal Works. Um, no, the, that the Grass is always greener? Nope, that's something that's else. That's not the nope. All right. Um, I can... Whatever. It was the first one. At it was the, yeah, it was the first one. Yeah, it was the first one at Reinstein Ross. And, um, and it had to do with artists who were inspired by the fashion world and we were opening it you know during um fashion week in new Mm. york and um we were just so it was an amazing opportunity yeah and we loved it and we and again i was doing this while i was working but when you do something like that sorry sorry to bring you up but it's like my curiosity is just like wait um how do you get any kind of money are they like will you curate the show obviously giving you the opportunity is big enough but like is there any chance to get revenue off of that? Yeah, so they, because they hired us to do this project, they paid us for the project, which oh, was really nice. lovely. But it depends, you know, it's, they they were very generous. Um, but it also depends on the institution, you know, because yeah. like a few weeks ago, I emailed someone about curating a show and they said, look, we'd love to have you do it, but there's no money. Like yeah. we can't pay you for it. I've also had instances where, again, I was talking to someone about curating a show and they said, we can't pay you, but you can get a percentage of sales. So okay. it just, it depends on the institution. There really isn't some like, there's no, you know, cut and dry. Yeah. Like law. But um, yeah, so we did that show for Reinstein Ross. It was a great experience. And they, in the end, decided to hire me and to run the gallery full time. And so That's that, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And Ruta and I, you know, so like you brought up the grass is always greener. And then we did another show called The Box because Mm -hmm. we continue to curate exhibitions. We did, um, you know, The Box was both in Munich and then also at the CCCD in Asheville. Mm -hmm. I Um, saw both. Yeah, thank you. Um, But we were constantly hustling. And I I guess that's really where I'm going with this is that we were trying to figure out how do we we make both work. And I think, again, when it's a labor of love, Mm -hmm. it's really about like, how do I, you want to do these things. Like you're now looking yeah. at it's like, oh, like I wasn't compensated. I mean, which you should be. I'm you not should saying be. you shouldn't be. Yeah. But we were also very much like, we're so excited by these opportunities and like these people want to work with us. And like, yeah. we just want, and we, and we also genuinely wanted to do this for the field as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of where it was. And so, yeah. Well, well, I talk about like defining a passion project is like, doing something you want to do your labor of love so to speak and um and hoping eventually someone takes notice and offers to you to support you to keep doing it yeah you know same thing with the podcast yeah exactly uh that first show at reinstein ross was called wear it loud there There we go go. i'm sorry i came to her people yeah i apologize (laughs) i remember the name of that one okay cool And so that's great. So then you get to take on this whole position that is finally what you've been working for. Yes, exactly. So wow. finally, I here I am. And I was, you know, first of all, I was so excited, you know, um, to be able to 
take everything that I've learned about, you know, running a gallery and apply it here. But also, it's contemporary jewelry, so it was great. It was a dream yeah. job, and, and it's a full time. You can support yourself off yeah, of it. Yeah, they give yes, you benefits. Yes, no, it was yes, it was awesome. a it was a full time job. I mean, I continued to write because I Supplement loved it. it. Yeah. yeah, and also because I, I just can't sit it. still. But I love it. I really love it. I wanted to, re, you know, remain visible, and so I continued writing, um, and curating exhibitions, you know, in the gallery, and it was a quite a. It was a very packed schedule. When you're a curator for somewhere like that, like you're at Munich, you're doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, did they pay for your travel to do that kind no, of stuff? No, oh, no, So no, this no. is always like you. Yeah, oh, no, wow. no, 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 no. Anything that I did outside of the gallery was, and Ruta and I, we did not get paid. I mean, it was yeah. literally like all of the shows we did, you know, we, whenever we needed the artist to ship the work, we said to them like, look, we don't have money to reimburse you for shipping. Yeah. Um, we did... So one of the shows we did in Munich was with Sophia Bjorkman of Platina Gallery, and Sophia mm-hmm. was lovely, and she um, allowed us to curate the show in her booth at the Messe, which was like huge. Was that the grass is always greener yeah, one? Yeah. I remember the installation for that. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't there, but I saw pictures. Yeah, and yeah. so having her believe in us and saying, okay, you could, because that's real estate like that, that is. booth y'all in the that Mesa, venue what we're t- <laughs> it's just you know one of the biggest events yeah yeah i mean it's kind of what munich jewelry week centers around and i can't even imagine what it costs to get to rent yeah. one of those booths yeah so she was wonderful and then the year we did the box we also did it with a gallerist um in munich and we rented the space with her yeah it was that like tiny it was a one. tiny yeah it was a small space but so we we just we pay for it out of pocket and yeah. um you know the work is always for sale but we never do it with the we never think about it like we're gonna make bank like we're gonna sell all of it it's more like if work sells that's awesome yeah and we want it to sell and we're gonna work our asses off to make sure it does but we just want the exposure for the artist and for the field so that's yeah. really why we yeah, why we did well, it's it. a labor level around because the artists yeah, are investing sure. in you to oh, send that money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. an investment for them too. Absolutely. Yeah. And the trust. I mean, I think that is so important. And I yeah. think you, to take someone's livelihood, you know, to take someone's art and to and to have them say here, you know, like I mm-hmm. take it with you to another country and, you know, like it's, yeah, I... I owe so much to, you know, the artists we work with, to the gallerist. It's, it's yeah. again, it's all about community. So, um, Reinstein Ross decided to close their contemporary jewelry gallery yeah. annex. Um, is that what they would refer to it as? Cause was they just, yeah, they called it their gallery. Yeah, and so there was, so it was interesting because, you know, first of all, there was no drama and people were like, oh, you know, what happened? And it's like, nothing like nothing mm. you know it's i don't even remember you making a formal announcement it was just yeah. i heard through the grapevine that it was closing yeah. which was sad because we don't have a lot of yeah places yeah. like that absolutely it was it, it, it was sad yeah it was sad but i was ready oh okay, like good. i was ready and for them it was really just a decision about you know we open a contemporary jewelry gallery we had this space we now sort of need to figure out what's the next you know where we want to what direction we want to take our business in we want to focus on bridal yeah. this space that we have here this is what we want to try next and that was it 
you know Great. um understandable and, yeah and that's it um and i you know um and at that point because so again like timing was really interesting because i had already started working on jewelry week yeah. when oh really okay because yeah. i thought in my mind like she gets laid off because Reinstein right are closing their gallery and then yeah. she's like what's the next thing and then it's boom jewelry no. week no so the gallery oh. closed in february and jb and i had already started working on jewelry week the like november prior oh because i had got yeah because i had gone back from my trip like late fall i think it was like october so we we had already like our wheels were already turning Mm -hmm. um so and for me it was really wonderful in the sense that I don't think I would have left the space because I loved it and because like you said it was like the only jewelry gallery in New York and I was like yeah. I'm gonna be I'm you're gonna have to like carry me out you know what I mean <laughs> yeah totally but I was ready yeah. like for me I was like because again like that's kind of my nature and always I I'm always working on multiple projects at, mm-hmm. at once and so I was ready and because I knew that jewelry week was going to be such a huge undertaking which it's it has been <laughs> yeah and quite honestly, I think this would have been the first time in my life where I would not have been able to like do both. <laughs> so it really worked out because yeah. um, Jewelry Week is my full-time job. So that brings me to the other aspect of it too because yeah, you're starting this off mm-hmm. um, a labor of love of this magnitude <laughs> seems a little over the top. <laughs> so let's get real about it. Yeah. Um, you and JB doesn't, Someone told me, JB, she has a day job still, right? She does, yeah. Okay, so does she work 40 hours a week at a job and, like, hustling on her night and weekends right now? I, that girl's a saint. Oh, my God, how is she I doing I don't know how that? she's doing it. Um, Yeah, so she's, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you know what? Sometimes you just do it. I mean, I'm That's the same. It. You just do it. It kind of right? shocks me how doing much I get it, done. And, yeah, and I think also here's the thing. When you start something new, you're so naive oh, because yeah. you don't know what it's going to take. And so we we didn't know. I mean, I you, we had a sense for like, but there was a moment we were like, holy shit. Like, this is this is like <laughs> grossly underestimated. We, and yeah, because yeah. we, you know, you know, like it's going to you don't know what you're getting yourself into until like you're kind of in it. Yeah, absolutely. And so we knew that okay one of us has to be full time yeah so that was great and um but yeah so she but in the beginning you don't have any funding we still don't okay so So you could rely on your husband to help you sorry i get real (laughs) yes i yes but hey i no no, shame in that like no and you know and I think this is also part of a larger conversation that we kind of, you know, in terms of freelancing in general, yeah. like it is not easy. Yeah. So when I set out to do this, I thought, okay, wait, I got this because I'm going to do jewelry week and I'm going to write because now I have like way more time and I can like write, you know, and I have, yeah. I have like a, like a notebook with ideas and this is, and I was, I also get super excited like about new projects and I like take them on because I want to take them on. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, it's going to be great because I'm going to write and I'm going to pitch some shows that I could curate, like not in New York, but like just, you know, I have ideas and like, wouldn't it be great to do? I don't know. I'm not going to talk about those shows now because they still might or might not happen. But 
So I had all these ideas, but again, quickly I realized that like, hold up, this is, I, it's either it's going to be jewelry week and I'm still writing like I'm writing for Metalsmith right now and like, but I definitely had to like pull back and pull say, back. if I'm going to do this and I want to do it right, I'm, I can't do all these other things. Well, you're at, you're at that position too where it's the first year. I'm sure your intention is to make this your full-time job. It right? is, yeah. So it's absolutely. And so Jewelry Week, it's completely grassroots. Like it's JB and I. Yeah. And I mean, we have an amazing team. I don't want to, but I'm saying like in terms of, you know, we, this is. You been, don't have a backer. You we don't, don't have, have a backer. Like a corporation exactly. funding right, right. it or exactly. anything like that. No, no, yeah. no. We've been, you know, we've gotten some, we are seeking funding. I think that's, uh, our, that's. They're seeking funding. We're seeking every- funding. <laughs> yes and we've and i do want to say we've had some you know organizations have stepped up and helped but we are nowhere where we need to be to make this you know um and but we also we hired a pr firm you know which like we're like we don't need pr then i was like no we need pr so we we want to do do it right you know even though there's no funding we want to do it right um because you only get one chance yeah. And we recognize that. And also because people have said that to us. Um, so <laughs> With the fear in her voice. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> You're doing so, great. You're doing great. Um, so that being said, you know, we are seeking funding. And yeah. we, I, you know, we have gone, you know, some great organizations behind us. But we're nowhere where we need to be for this to become. Yeah. We, we envision this as an annual event that, yeah, will become our full-time job. And also what we would like to do is um, we want to have continued program th- programming throughout the year as well. So yeah. this way, by the time Jewelry Week 2019 comes around, people are like, oh, yeah, like they know it's coming. They but also it. they've had an opportunity to maybe like take some classes or see some shows or attend a couple of lectures and you know, because that's what this is all about, too. You know, this this week is about education and this week is about patronage. And we want we want this to be just as, you know, the fine arts and design is such a big part of the city. So is jewelry. So we want yeah. people to recognize and we want people to invest in it, you know, mm-hmm. not just financially and emotionally. You know, we want we yeah. want to hook them. So we want to do continue programming. Um, we want this to become our full time job. Um, we have an incredible team of women who are volunteering for us and who yeah. work for us nonstop, who are hustling. And I do want to give a shout out to Tiffany. Tiffany. Who does she her, was with me at 90 Seconds. Yes. Hi, Tiffany, she's the best. Yeah, she's, 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 she does her social media and she's been amazing. Um, Noelle, um, Olivia, Casey, Debbie. I mean, these women have... You just published them on your website too. We did, so you yeah. can like read about them. You can them. read about our that. team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because... This is, they've worked so hard for us and with us. And it's been incredible to have their support as well. And as I said, they're volunteering and they all have full-time jobs, you know? I mean, this isn't like, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's a demanding, it's been really demanding of all of our time. So they are, they're amazing and we couldn't do without them. But, um, so yeah, we'd love to be able to, you know, do this and hire them or pay them (laughs) for their work and, um, but maybe you can next year. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we can next year. And that's the other thing, you know, this is year one. So it's also, this week has been built, like as, as I keep saying, on relationships and community and us approaching people. And essentially, yeah. like, 
asking them to believe in us. And and that's not an easy, it's not easy to ask no, people to do things for free. No, it's hard. No, it is. I salute you guys. Yeah. And so that's why we wanted to be taken seriously. And we have an amazing advisory committee mm-hmm. of people who are known, you know, in the city. And it's people yeah. like Fern Malice, you know, who I was, stayed with Jana Graganis. Yes, Jana Graganis and Jonathan yeah. Wall and Sienna Patty and Celine Volandes and Levi Higgs and Laura Schneider and Michael Toback. I'm, and a lot of those people I don't know, but they sound yeah, important. But they're but they're they've been people who they believe in us, you know, yeah. and then it's and it's we we owe a lot to them. So it's been really great to have their support and um but, but we are yeah. seeking funding. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line is. Bottom line, people. It takes money. Passion um, project. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, yeah, that answered a lot of questions about that for me. <laughs> so when <laughs> I know. I just talk. So no. You have to well, like. I mean, and from the perspective of somebody that you approached, I'm part of JV Collective. Of course, I've talked about it a lot. You approached us about doing a show. And for us, we were just like, oh, man, we just kind of like invested a lot into Munich and we want to do it and we know it's the first year we were we we were kind of like can we afford to do this can our lives like can we fit this in so shortly after doing like a big thing for Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. even if it's you know we're just in Philly but it's still expensive yeah and it's still New York um and so we were kind of dragging our feet and we're we're totally doing it and we secured a gallery which um (laughs) the gallery is donated in the evening to us. Yeah. We could, I think for us, the way that we approach it is like, okay, there's no way we can afford a space for yeah. a week or find one. Um, but one night we can do. Yeah. And so we won't have that FOMO, fear of missing <laughs> out. We're going to be here. We're investing into a show. It's going to be another installment in the, like another iteration of Sirens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was difficult. Yeah. And, you know, we kept saying to you, we're like, well, do you guys have any spaces or galleries? And you're like, what are your connections? And mm-hmm. it's just like this understanding that we're all trying to make this happen. Mm-hmm. For it's sure. Kind of like a gigantic experience. Yeah. Experiment and see well, how it goes. Yeah. And so for us, when we, the way we built out this week and the way we've envisioned it is that we, so we approach people. So we didn't have a call. I mean, there have like an open call for participation. There yeah. have been some of the shows that are taking place. The curators have put out an open call. Mm-hmm. We as Jewelry Week have not put out an open call. And the reason we did that is because for year one, we really wanted to manage the project. Yeah. Um, because this is new to us and because we didn't know what we could do you know yeah that being said we will have 65 events taking place from exhibitions to lectures to demos um but (laughs) we approached people who one were in new york because Mm -hmm. that would help us manage it and that would also help that you know if they had connections to the city that they can find their own spaces as well so we approached, you know, artists, um, curators who were either in New York or, you know, maybe like New Jersey or you guys in Philly, you know, because yeah. it's like close enough. And also we we were trying to think strategically, like, who can we pair you up with? Is there somebody here in New York who might have like a Philly connection? You know, again, yeah. like this was, you know, this whole week was us trying to like brainstorm and really think about how can we bring these things together so we approached people um from the museums to the retailers to the you know curators um and and the artists we 
for the most part have found spaces for yeah. everyone. I have one more show that I'm looking for a space for which I have to find a space for and I will. <laughs> if you're listening and you have a spot. If you're in New listening, York. if I don't find a space for this show, I will never forgive myself. Get at us. Um, so I will find a space for the show. Yeah. But it's the last one and we I also at first made a very like a decision this was going to be, as I said, all New Yorkers and local. That being said, I do have or you know, I did approach several international curators. Yeah. And the reason I did that is because first of all, I you know, New York is a melting pot. It, well, yeah. New York is a melting pot. And I wanted to also have that flavor of Munich and have mm-hmm. a flavor of those international jewelry weeks. Yeah. And I wanted to give people an opportunity to see what contemporary jewelry is. And, you know, and so I thought it'd be really interesting to sort of, you know, pick a couple of projects and bring them here. And so um, it was either things that I saw in Munich or things that I saw in Paris or, um, you know, so that's, so we will have about four, three or four international exhibitions. That Everything makes me else. Happy. In, yeah. yeah. And I think, and also I think, you know, again, because we do have people coming from overseas, um, we do have collectors coming from outside the city. And even for people in New York, I just thought it would be really interesting and it would give them the, that flavor of these other jewelry weeks which i love i mean that excitement that youthful you know energy yeah i wanted to capture that here so i that's why for contemporary jewelry i kind of wanted it to be a little bit you know and and quite honestly this entire week is very democratic you know yeah for us it was really about what what is your new york story so we didn't go after every jewelry brand you know i mean there's a lot of jewelry so much it was about you know your house your brand has a reputation that's tied to the city we want to tell that story you know and then we have some incredible retailers you know for that are so new york you know we're doing this amazing i can't really give too many details but we're doing an incredible event with bergdorf goodman and like for both jb and i bergdorf goodman is like that's new york that's old school that experience yeah and i know that even you know for me going to see the windows at Bergdorf Goodman, um, their holiday windows, that's uh. just like, like my holiday season. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. My holiday season is all about that. You know, so it's yeah. like we wanted people to get excited about the way we get excited. And so we approached everyone mm-hmm. um, and yeah, basically saying, look, this is what we're doing. And some people, I mean, everybody, as I said, everybody was incredibly supportive and everybody was like, yes, we're, we're going to do this with you. But it's a hard thing to sell. Yeah, especially when you got no money. You got no money. Yeah, no money. Yeah. And it's not like we have a reputation for doing this. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not like everybody's I can, taking a chance. Yeah, on you a exactly. Bit. Yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. Well, that kind of leads to the question I did want. to. Well, first of all, OK, a few things because we're getting long. So I want to like definitely cover the things I want to talk about. First of all, a what are the events not to be missed? Like at Munich, the things I think about is, you know, there's the Friday night beer hall. Mm-hmm. Like, is there going to be some kind of event Mm-hmm. that is kind of like everybody can come and it's kind of like a party kind of mm-hmm. event. Is there one of those? So we have, well, because this is New York, we take partying very seriously. We have yeah. several things <laughs> that would, so we don't have like, you know, we'll have, so we're having an opening, right? Yeah. So, which 
I'm sorry, but we're planning it now. We have an incredible curator who we who's building out our opening night um, event. Um, so I can't talk too much about that right is that now. On Monday. That's gonna be that's gonna be on the 11th on Sunday night. Is that so? That's you like, have to pay to go to it. Yeah. So we'll be selling tickets. We're still f- figuring everything out, which is why like I don't, how much it'll cost. Yeah, and exactly. Like that. Okay. How much? Yeah. So I don't want to talk too much about it. But so we'll, we will have an opening night event. Okay. We will also have. So I also want to shout out some of like, our amazing partners but um, artists and fleas has stepped up mm-hmm. in a really big way and um for those of you who don't know what it is google it because if we're they're running, awesome if they're we're awesome. running low on time i don't want to you know but yeah. google them but artists and fleas so we will have there will be an event at their location kind of like a closing sort of is like a the closing one in event. chelsea market it, there's one in chelsea one in williamsburg but we will be in soho oh okay and actually that's going to be, and I do really want to say this. Oh, so yeah. that's I going mean, to we're be. We're not like in a huge rush. Oh, okay, I'm okay, saying okay. we're like got to near we, the tunnel. Okay. And, All right. Yeah. <laughs> we have, um, so Artists and Fleas will be our headquarters space for New York City Jewelry Week. And we okay. have four incredible exhibitions that will be taking place in that space. And because it's our headquarters, there's going to be constant programming. So in addition to these exhibitions, um, so the exhibitions will be by Bryce Garrett, um, mm. hashtag fail, hashtag success. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard there might be some podcasting. There will be some podcasting, yes. College um, a girl. <laughs> um, we will have um, Wellness for Makers there. Um, we'll have Amelia Tolke um, oh, doing a present. Stuff. I think I just butchered her last name, but, um, but Amelia will have a presentation there. We're working on one more thing like a super cool project which i really hope happens there but we're still in the process of talking to the artist about it so i can't announce it but if it happens mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy Create good the girl but crazy good buzz. crazy good um so but we'll also have you know events there throughout the week where people can really come not see these shows yeah. but also um pick up some jewelry meet some artists um and we'll have talks yeah. there so it'll be it's kind of like the headquarters it'll be exactly so yeah. there'll be programming there you'll be able to pick up your copy of the current obsession nyc jewelry week official paper the map because we are mm-hmm. printing a map so that's going to be the place to be and I, I think that should be everyone's first stop yeah um so i'm really excited about that and on friday we'll do an event kind of like a closing event there as well cool uh friday night um and then the other thing is on saturday is our brooklyn day and Hey-o. i mean yes and brooklyn is so we actually brooklyn is coming through in a super big way for us and so saturday night um there'll be events at the brooklyn navy yard urban glass brooklyn metalworks mm-hmm. um jv collective ghost gallery yes we're a ghost like gallery a 10 or 15 minute walk you from are, brooklyn exactly. metalworks yeah and yeah. so there is a food hall slash beer garden that will also you know Get, yeah, get gonna, our get our party on yeah, that Saturday Brooklyn's night. Brooklyn's gonna yeah. be the place to be. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. we are programming our website's live. The programming is on the website. We will still be adding things because yeah. you know our press release just went out this week. Yeah. Um, we're expecting to really get a lot of you know. We're hoping, keeping our fingers crossed, for a really good feedback from the press. And um, so we'll still be adding events because it, people are now starting to approach us, whereas before oh, we were yeah. approaching them. So um, we'll probably still add some events. And there are a couple of big things that we 
just need to pin down but everything's on the website check it out we wanted to make sure that we got it out as early as we could yeah so that you still have like two and a half months to like book your plane tickets put your dates on google flights exactly exactly get a cheap flight and, (laughs) and come here and also 65 events yes but if you come and you stay Tuesday through Thursday, there'll be great things happening. If you come just for the weekend, there'll be great things happening. Yeah. And it's a diverse, the events are so diverse that I don't think anyone will feel like they missed out, you know, because yeah. you'll be able to pick and choose whether it's a museum or a boutique or a visit to a studio or, you know, or a demo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go That's, to our website. Go that was definitely website. something I was like, oh, because I've heard people saying like, I can only go three or four days. It's like, when yeah. should you go? Like things that are a bit more established, like Munich, like, you know, the things you don't want to miss. Exactly. I mean, personally, I don't want anybody to miss Saturday night. Yes. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like, when do you go? Munich's a different animal because, yeah. first of all, most of us who travel to Munich, you're, we're there for the, the week. The whole week because we're going right? across an ocean. Exactly. And that's yeah. ca- and you're just there for Munich. I mean, we this week we recognize that a not everyone lives in New York, you know what I mean? And they're coming yeah. in. And and so we when we built out the week, we wanted to make sure that there wasn't too much overlap and like things, you know, like there, you know, you're not going to have like three museum tours happening on the same day at the same time. You know, we wanted yeah. to make sure that you, you know, no matter when you came, you felt like you had a really good experience. That's good. I mean, I, I'm a partner with you guys. I'm going to be podcasting, but I can't even be up here the whole week. Yeah. Yeah. I got a 40 hour a week job. I got to go home and hustle and come back up. So, yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, we're not expecting people to go to 65 things. You know, we want them to say, I went to these, I don't know, three or four things and I love them and you can RSVP for events through our website um, because some of the tours and they're filling up fast I have to say we kind of haven't our website's been live and we released we've been releasing the events a little bit like piecemeal and that's good to know I didn't realize that yeah so you go to our website um, RSVP certain things so we have the Metropolitan Museum of Art is opening an amazing exhibition amazing 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 5,000 years of jewelry we have two tours with the curators happening that (gasps) Tuesday are those full already nope you can go sign up but but the thing is you have to do that because most of the tours are limited to like 25 people you know so um, and then, you know, the 92nd Street Y is hosting um, two talks lectures, yeah, and yeah. a workshop with Judy Guybe that I know a lot of people are going to be excited about. And, um, you know, it's just there's so much. There's so mm-hmm. much happening. And, you know, the Cooper Hewitt and um, the Mad is doing Matt, something. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, yes. So we have this half day symposium that we're doing at Mad. It hasn't been announced yet. Holy crap. Um, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So it's. Wow. Yeah, so there's going to be, and that's going to be on Thursday. And so there's things we're still like, you know, working out, out, but we've, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of, I mean, at least like to be honest about it is great. I mean, full transparency, I'm bringing the podcast. I still don't know where I'm going to be, you know, it's like on the website, like going to be doing all these like pop-ups. Still not completely planned because I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's all going to come together. Yeah, and we've, and I would say... At this point, and by the time this podcast airs, I yeah. would, I think most of the programming will be on the website, so you have yeah. a good, you know. And the things that we'll add later, I think at this point, what's happening is really good. Yeah. So you could, you know, if you find out about that one other thing, I don't think that's going to be like, you know. Yeah. I think what's, I think we worked really really hard and we're really excited and for so when you're asking me like what am i looking forward to the most it's so hard 
because you know i think i don't know i mean the shows are really great pratt institute has stepped up in a huge way Mm -hmm. um they're hosting several exhibitions they're hosting the current obsession so monday we are kicking off jewelry week at pratt essentially there'll be a number of exhibitions opening there that night um i'll be there for sure then yeah, yeah and then um current obsession the ladies are coming and they're going to be doing a symposium and um so it really i mean there's something happening every single day that's really good. Yeah. Um, well, there's going to be a film festival um, where we'll show three films about different American studio jewelers. So that'll be Thursday morning, and then Thursday afternoon there'll be the symposium at the Museum of Arts and Design. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, my concern too is like, do you think you're going to see how this week goes and maybe trim the fat next year? Like, see like... Okay, maybe. was it too much? Yeah. Like, was it just right? Like yeah. the Goldilocks approach? Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, but the other thing is, because we invited people to, to participate this year, yeah. next year what might happen is that people will approach us with great ideas. Yeah. Because we already had people approach us. But your question about space, right? So a lot of the independent exhibitions that are happening are happening at galleries, you know, that we've been able to get for them because we don't want anyone, you know, we didn't want anyone to rent the space or at least we yeah. tried not to have people rent spaces. I mean, there are a few instances where people did. But... um. But we really tried to make sure that this was really kind of cost effective. And we kept that in mind, Mm. you know, because it doesn't cost anything to participate in Jewelry Week. You know, the only thing we're just saying, look, we want to have you listed on the map. So please pay to be listed on the map just to help us offset our expenses. You have to do that at Munich. You have to do it in Munich. Oh, absolutely. But it doesn't cost anything to participate. So we didn't want and keeping in mind that people, you know, maybe, um, you know, again, like, for like the JV collective, right? Like yeah. if you're not from here, you kind of have to think about where am I going to stay? What, you know, so mm-hmm. we, we try to make sure that we help out as much as we can. Yeah. No, that's good. I for one am excited about it. Yes. It's going to be great. I'm, I, we're very excited. We worked really hard. Um, we don't know what we are going to do on November 19th. We're at a loss. <laughs> I think both JB and I are like, what are Sleep we? Sleep for three days, maybe. <laughs> well, we want to go get massages. <laughs> yeah, no, you should get a massage. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, with uh, something that's this vast, like organizing, yeah. it's, you don't really have a whole lot of time just to chill afterwards. Anyways, I'm sure you're going to yeah. kind of pick back up as soon as you can. Yeah. Moving forward. Yeah. And kind of evaluate. I mean... For sure. I would love to get JB on the mic next and be like kind of the post jewelry week. Yeah, for sure. That perspective. And we'll learn a lot. And and look, I mean, it's the first year. It's the first year, right? I'm sure we'll screw some things up. Hopefully, there's just not that many. (laughs) You (laughs) can't. Don't don't go for perfection. You'll never go. Ah, It's overrated. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Bella, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank You've you so much. So Thank insightful. You. We're going to finish. We're going to have some more rosé. And yes. I'm going to pick Bella's brain about getting paid to write and all those yeah. things more. Yes, please. Because <laughs> you have so much knowledge. But thank you for sharing so much about that, too. My pleasure. Such an interesting yeah. insight. And everyone has a different experience. And so I yeah. always say, just like, just do it. Just yeah. 
you know put yourself out there why not what do you have what do you got to lose right hey sister that has been my (laughs) mantra the last couple (laughs) years and it's kind of working out for me it's pretty funny yeah yeah there you go um before we go so new york city jewelry week um it's pretty straightforward it's nycjewelryweek.com yeah nycjewelryweek.com also follow us on social media mm-hmm. um, because we, at New York it's at NYC Jewelry Week yeah okay on all platforms I'm on, uh, we, we ha- so yes Facebook and Instagram we will mm-hmm. launch Twitter as we get closer to the week nice um, but Instagram and Facebook is where it's at and our website I mean yeah. really you can learn about the team the advisory committee and the events yeah. um, if you have any questions please do not hesitate to email us we genuinely want to hear from everyone yeah um, there are opportunities also to so I'm just gonna do a little plug yeah there do, are please. opportunities through artists and fleas if there are any New York based jewelers who are looking for an opportunity to sell their work during that week please get in touch with us nice um, there are, there is an opportunity for that as well um, but yeah come on down to New York or up wherever you're at wherever you're at exactly yeah. i'm bad with geography so wherever, <laughs> wherever you're coming from just whenever come. I say, i'm like come down here oh yeah I, I always say like i'll come down to new york but it's opposite of what <laughs> i should be saying but i say a lot of things yeah. not right just so come to new york yeah, yeah. all right well so, thank you it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure yeah. thank you very very much all right everyone this has been another episode of perceived value the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists until next time Perceived Value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support, become our patron. Visit patreon.com slash perceivedvalue to learn more. Or check out our website at perceivedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>